The temps are warmer, you've mowed the lawn, and maybe even turned on the AC a time or two. It's definitely spring. So SpI.com is having their spring sale. Log on now and get local deals up to 50% off before they're gone. SpI.com. This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. We say good morning. Hey, I already have to Bill McCarty. How you doing? Hey, good morning, Sam. Uh, well, we should make this a little official. What's the... Uh, how long have you been with City now, budget director? I've been budget director for 11 and a half years at this wow. point. What were you doing before that? Or you were the state agency or what? I was the chief financial officer for property management at uh, the state, at CMS. And uh, did that for about five years. Change of administration, you had to go look a different direction or not necessarily? No, 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 not at all. Uh, actually, I started my state career under... Governor Ryan working in his budget office, Governor's okay. Office of Management and Budget. Mm-hmm. And I was there three years. Um, I worked a little bit under Governor Blagojevich. Um, that wasn't for me. I left and uh, came back to the state. They uh, came calling in 2006, I think it was, and they needed a federal finance manager at CMS. Someone I used to work with at OMB contacted me and said, hey, we'd love to have you come back to the state. So I did. And that was, uh, I think that was still under Governor Blagojevich. Then eventually I was there still under Governor Quinn for a little bit. And then what happened is in 2011, I got the bright idea of running for mayor of the city of Springfield, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which uh, was an interesting, interesting thing to do. But uh, it was worth doing. And in that race, I befriended the eventual winner, Mayor Houston. And he asked me to come to the city knowing that he had an open uh, director of budget management position that he needed filled. And what he told me based on how we... We went through the was we really didn't have debates. It was more forums mm-hmm. at the time. But he, in his own words, he said he could tell that I knew what I was talking about when it came to government finance. And so he asked me to come on board, and I did. Um, I was initially res- reticent to do so because you know he had come out and said I'm only running four four years, and that made me a little nervous. Thinking, well, in four years, that's fine. It'd be great position, something, some great experience. But uh, ultimately, I'll. I'll end up right back at the state, and that's really what I thought was going to happen. And, in fact, to tell you a quick story, I interviewed at the state. They had a Department of Public Health that contacted me. They had a retiring deputy director of finance administration, and they were interested in finding a replacement. They wanted me to interview for it. So I interviewed on Election Day, the day that Mayor Langfelder was initially elected in, what, 2015, I think yes. it was. I, I interviewed with the director and the chief of staff, and uh, the director called me the next day and offered me the position with a, about a 10% pay increase. Talked to Mayor Langfelder and just told him, I said, hey, you know, you can pick whoever you want. And he said, well, I want you to stay. And we talked about it and I thought about it. It was, it was a tough decision um, initially, but then I more I thought about it, the more I realized I really enjoy working in government and I really enjoy this the local the localized, more like city, county, more than, say, state and federal, just because you're closer to the people that you're serving and you're, you're closer to, uh, you're in a position to actually get things done. Uh, a much better position to get things done. And I think there's a lot of satisfaction for people that work in government, especially local government, in seeing that happen. So you, you, I did elect to stay, and 11 and a half years later, I'm still there, which is, I think we've talked about this before, that's uh, probably three, four years longer than the next closest person in the position. Wow. So I've been there a while. Uh, and yet you have been in the private sector. I have. You're not, you're not a government guy your whole life. Your Never family wanted. was very much involved in the restaurant hospitality business. Tell me, let's remind everybody well, about that. Well, I grew up in the restaurant business. My first job, and I tell people you really should, as a teenager, work in the restaurant business. I was 14 when I first started working. My dad's restaurant down in Taylorville, 
when he bought it, it was called Ray's Place, and then eventually changed it to McCarty's. McCarty's it was right, right across from Nashville North. I went there a couple times. Very and uh, so I grew up working there. That's how I really learned to interact with people. Uh, it, you're in the restaurant business, and in that type of business, when you're hosting and you're seating people and you're taking reservations and you're dealing with problems and all that, it was a great thing to do. And when I went to college, I was one of those guys that I never wanted to work in government. And my guy, my, my roommate who was from Springfield, also an SHG alum, uh, one year behind me, we ended up roommates. And he was the guy who was in government, liberal arts and all that. I was in business and finance. And, well, as it turns out, I ended up in government in the long run, and he ended up in investment banking. So you see how going to college <laughs> works out for you. Don't think that you're ever pigeonholed. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things that it sort of happened by happenstance. I, I came back to Springfield. My wife got a, a great opportunity to move us back here from Florida. Uh, I was in, in corporate finance. I was in consulting in Chicago when I first got out of college, uh, then to Florida, and then back to here because my wife and I are both from here. And uh, I ended up in government. My my friend was dating a gal who worked at the Office of Management Budget at the state, and she said, hey, we need an analyst. Would you consider it? First, I was like, I don't really want to work in government. But ultimately, I did. There weren't a lot of corporate opportunities around here, and I instantly fell in love with it. And then, of course, I got involved in Williamsville as a trustee out there. The mayor came to me and asked me to take an empty seat. I did. Got bit by the bug, ran, won re-election, and then, of course, eventually ran for mayor and was mayor out there for a term. And just uh, it's just where the municipal bug bit me, and I've been bitten ever since. Uh, Bill McCarty with this, the uh, city budget director. Um, when you talk about changing careers and so on, how tough it was when you told your parents you weren't going to pursue the restaurant business? Um, not tough at all. My dad never wanted me to do it. He oh, wanted really? something more. Okay. Um, he, you know, as he says, I didn't, I didn't send you to Notre Dame to, to get into the restaurant business. I wanted you to do something different. And, um, not that he was against it. He really wasn't. My dad was always supportive. My parents were always supportive of whatever we wanted to do. And I really appreciate that. Um, but ultimately he, you know, he had a point. Um, and I did get in the restaurant business though, uh, myself, I, when I left the state in 2003, Went in a partnership, and uh, my wife's parents and us, we, we bought the Lincoln Depot. I remember Lincoln. that, yeah. And we had that from 2003 to 2012 when the state wow. came in and bought it for high-speed rail, and then they completely renovated it and turned it into a train station. So, no, I was, I was involved in restaurants and catering and stuff, even while I was still at the state. Um, go back to 2011, the, the election you ran, and then, uh, ran in, and then eventually yielded... Uh, to, to Mike Houston, went to work for Mike Houston. Mm-hmm. Mike Houston is credited with really turning the city around financially during that term. Now, there were people who make issues with that, but but I think you were part of that. Was that a daunting task when you folks came into that office? Because, you know, we know that Tim Davlin ran the office the way he wanted to run it, and then the tragedy hits, and then Frank Edwards comes in and does the best job he can do. But people will tell you that uh, we were not as sound financially as many people wanted us to be. What was it like? We were broke. Okay. The city was flat broke. We, When I give financial presentations to the council, and I'll be doing one in the next month or so, I always illustrate what I call KPIs, key performance indicators. And there are three of them that we're looking at. And they really do, I think, succinctly point to the health of the city. One is your average daily cash balance, which is how much money you got in the bank on any given day. One is our ending fund balance, and one is our um, cash that on a, what is it? It's, uh, I'm forgetting it right now. I'll remember it. The average daily cash balance is the key one. 
Oh, it's cash at the end of the year, excuse me, in the bank. That was it. The one I focus on is the average daily cash balance because that tells you on any given day, can you pay your bills? When we took over, when Mayor Houston took over in 2011, the average daily cash balance was negative $3.5 million. That means the city was passively borrowing from other funds just to make payroll. The cash on hand at the end of the year, that was negative $4 million. In other words, what do you got last day of the year? It was negative $4 million. And then the fund balance was virtually nothing, down to $2.1 million or something like that, I think it was, at one point. That is what we were facing. And, and yes, it was a daunting task. And, yes, we had to make some hard decisions, and we had to work really hard to turn that around. But, as you pointed out, we did. And all of those metrics, the end-of-year cash, the average daily balance, the fund balance, all started to go up and went up to a point where we are now at a point in the last, say, 11 years since the Great Recession, because what Mayor Houston started, Mayor Langfelder has continued in terms of frugality and trying to plan for the future and being careful today uh, so as to not wreck the future uh, and to be ready for the next downturn. Uh, we've had uh, record fund balance closes or reserves at the end of the year multiple times. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's been hard, and we've upset a lot of people in doing that, but it's something that the city really needed. It was extremely important, and Mayor Houston knew that when he came in, and he made that very clear in his campaign. And so that was a priority for him, and it was a priority for all of us as uh, members of his team. Bill McCarty, city budget director, has gaming revenue, whether it be from machines or I don't know if we get sports betting. Does the city make anything on sports betting at all? No. Nothing. Mm-mm. So strictly from machines. Has that been a major, major impact as far as revenue? It's been a great revenue but producer, but understand when that was passed, the city council allocated the entirety of that to infrastructure, streets and sidewalks improvements, that type of thing. We've really not touched much of that money. It's been sitting in the bank because we have a plan. One of the criticisms that the city has had from a lot of people is we don't have a plan, a long-term plan. We just spend, spend, spend today. We don't think about the future. One of the things that was really important for us, uh, this was even back under Mayor Houston, is we put together a long-term infrastructure plan. So we went out, if you'll remember, and we borrowed about $90 million to do some long-overdue maintenance, streets, sidewalks, et cetera. Then at the same time, they raised the sales tax by half percent, all of which is going towards infrastructure, most of it to pay those bonds off a little bit going into existing infrastructure funds. We set up a plan to be able to do infrastructure all the way until those bonds are paid off in 2031. And at that point, the then mayor and the then city council can decide what they want to do in terms of infrastructure. But we've given them a couple of different paths that they can take. They can do another bond offering, do it all again. They can pay as they go with the, the revenue sources that are in place. They'll have options. And remember, one of the things that was put on that is the sunset. A quarter percent of the sales tax will sunset in 2031 when the bonds are paid off, unless the mayor and the city council at that time decide they want to, they want to do it all again. So overall, you're comfortable where the budget is with the city of Springfield? Oh, yeah, I was, and I didn't finish, and I apologize. We, uh, I told you when we started under Mayor Houston, we were at negative three point five million in average daily. Our fund balance was like two point one million. We ended last year uh, about fifty fifty two million dollars in reserves. Wow. So yeah, we've we've worked hard, and that's uh, been a testament to the staff that we have, the mayors that we've had. Uh, the team that we've had, city council, everything, uh, the cities really come together. And, and yeah, we were in dire straits in the Great Recession, but we came out of it, we worked hard, and, and we're doing better now. When it comes to negotiations with the various unions, are you involved in that at all? 
Uh, yes, to a degree. Uh, You're I not used, at the table. I used to be. I used okay. to be at the table. Okay. Um, under Mayor Houston, I was at the table. Uh, there was a philosophy change under Mayor Langfelder and Corporation Council Zirkle, which I completely understand. Um, where they want to have conversations with me outside of the room makes sense. Um, but yes, I'm still involved in in those. Right. Those are tough. I mean, oh no, I, it's per- personnel is where all the city money goes. Sure. So you know, when I of the <laughs> when I alluded to earlier that uh, that you know we've we've upset some people and all that and trying to fix city finances. I mean, that's that those are certainly some of the groups that that we we've you know we've had to get tougher when it comes to negotiations. It's the only way to get out of the mess that we were in. You think eighty percent of the budget's for personnel? In corporate fund, it is eighty percent. You're about right on the button. And that includes uh, the benefits, the hospitalization, That's, the yeah. health care, the whole thing? Salaries, health care, retirement, all of that. Yeah, it's about 80% of the corporate fund. And the corporate fund is normally around $140 million. Now, this year it's 170 because we've got money that we can spend and do some things like firehouses and all that. Uh, but uh, typically, yeah, 80% of $140 million budget is, is personnel and personnel-related costs. How long does that money from the pandemic pay back and help out and so on? How long does that last? Well, it, it lasts, and we have to spend it by 2026. Okay. But we're already well on our way. We got $33.8 million in this latest round, and we've got all but about $5 million of it allocated. Um, the, the city treasurer, Misty Busher, has announced formally she is going to be a candidate for mayor. Huh? Uh, have you announced formally? Are you seriously considering running as a candidate for city treasurer? So when you called me the other day, I thought to myself, it seemed, and I heard you say something on the radio, but of mm-hmm. course you hear everything. Uh, Springfield is, after all, just a giant white picket fence, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just reached out to a couple of people, and okay. I wasn't really thinking about it at first. It all was right. a bug that was put in my ear okay, and uh, by someone, and I started thinking about it and trying to think about all the puzzle pieces and how things might fit together. And I already told you earlier that I, I really love being at the city. I sure. love municipal government. Right. And let's talk about realities. Realities are that Mayor Langfelder is, uh, you know, his, his time is going to be limited. Uh, do I believe he's going to win this spring? I think he's got to be the odds-on favorite to do that. But even if he does, four years from now, he can't run again. Right. So what we have now is an open seat. It's a good opportunity to look at something to be able to stay involved in city finances in a different way. Also, it's a good opportunity to try something different if I if I want to. I've been a budget director for a long time, and I love it, and I would keep doing it until I retire. Uh, but at the same time, there's something to be said by at looking at, at other opportunities. So I'm looking at it. I'm just starting to look at it. Uh, we, we, when you asked me to come on, I thought maybe it was a little little early yeah. uh, because I'm really in nowhere near a position to say whether or not I'm going to do it or not. I've, I've got a lot of people to talk to, a lot of things to look at, and a lot of things to consider. A decision by when? Any idea? I mean, when what you, are when petitions you have, do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, early December, right? So you probably need to have something done by at least I will, one October, I would guess. I'll probably pass petitions and get signatures. It's only 200 and something that you need. It's, okay. You know, of course, you want to get 500 or so. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to do it. Uh, I, I'm in no rush to make that decision. It, it could come into the last day. I mean, last couple of races I've I've run in were really last last second decisions. They really were. And this could be no different. I mean, I, I, for all involved, I guess it's. I'm going to try and make a decision. I'll be honest. I'm going to try and make it by October, but there are no guarantees. So you'll make it before the Notre Dame football season's over. Uh, don't get me started on that. I got a, <laughs> I got a, uh, a sad situation on that. I had, t- I had tickets for. I, 
14 of us going to the Stanford game on October 15th and a uh, uh, big group. I get tickets for us every year and uh, doesn't look like I'm able to go. I got a email from our my kid's school. You know, my son's a freshman at Rochester. He plays football. Yes. And uh, they scheduled a game against Edwardsville that day. So a little hard to get from Edwardsville to, to South Bend. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to go. So I'm a little bummed about that. Have Seabridge go to the game. He'll just stay on the phone with you. Uh, yeah. So He's, I might have four tickets if anybody wants to go to the Stanford <laughs> the game. the Stanford-Notre Dame It's game. a 7.30, uh, 7.30 game. It's an evening game. So, Hey, always good for coming in. Thanks. Keep us informed as to what you're going. Let us speculate. We're going to continue oh, to do that. Well, you Sam, I that. wouldn't be you if you didn't speculate. <laughs> I mean, come on. Absolutely. But I promise you, you'll be probably the third person to know. The first will be my wife. Yeah. And uh, assuming she doesn't kill me, um, yeah. we'll move on and I'll let the mayor know. And then I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you and your listeners be the third to know. How's I that? I'm, I'm holding you to that. I know you will. Thanks, brother. Take care. See ya. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.